the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning, Cleveland, the best location in the nation, home to the smartest, fastest, toughest, most productive, and best-looking people on the planet. This is the Bob France Authority. You've recognized by now, this isn't Bob France, this is Pete Kirsten. Now, substituting for Bob, you know that if you're a regular listener, I'm Bob's usual Tuesday at 10 o'clock host. I'm a lawyer, member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Oh, I should say, I was a former member of the National Labor Relations Board. Also, I'm a former member of the allegedly defunct 1776 Commission. I'm a former a lot of things. I'm also an author, write uh, political and military thrillers. I do all kinds of stuff. You may see me on say, on uh, Fox from time to time, Salem Radio, and so on and so forth. But it is my privilege to be hosting the, the Bob France Authority today, and we had a Number of phenomenal callers in the first hour. We will again return to open line Friday at the bottom of this hour. But right now we are privileged to have Bernie Marino, who is a candidate for the nomination for the Senate of the United States of America from Ohio. And believe me, as I indicated at the bottom or the, actually the, the, uh, uh, last segment that it is imperative that we defeat Democrats at every level because Democrats, you may know an individual, by the way, we all have Democrat friends who aren't in office. I'm speaking of the political Democrats. You may even know a political Democrat who's a fine person, as I do. But what happens is once they become part of what I call the Borg, that is the Democratic Collective, they are marching, and they have tremendous discipline, at least when it comes to this, marching to the tune of Pelosi, Schumer, and the lead Washington Democrats, and they've been marching us off a cliff. It is demonstrated, it's manifest most by what happened in Afghanistan. Let's talk about that with Bernie Marino. Bernie, are you there? I am. Thank you for having me, Peter. And i got to correct one thing that you said. Uh, you forgot to mention that you're uh, a, a father of some pretty amazing children and a grandfather of even more amazing grandchildren. <laughs> well, thanks very much. Don't get me on that. As you know, Bernie, I, uh, I, I can talk about them forever, as every proud parent and grandparent can. And um, uh, we've had an opportunity, Bernie, to talk on a couple of occasions. I've been impressed. I wanted to make sure that we were able to get your positions out on at least a few topics. We don't have a whole lot of time, but let's move right into the chief topic of the day, Afghanistan. Everybody with an IQ above 14 really believes that this is one of the great humiliations in American history. I happen to believe it's the greatest humiliation in American history. And more importantly, it presents a threat to the continued security, not just of the Americans in theater in Afghanistan, but Americans throughout the world and here in the United States, because it dramatically magnifies the prospect for terrorism. 
It makes us strategically vulnerable because our allies are wondering what the heck we're doing and our enemies are salivating. What can you or what would you as a senator, if you get the nomination, and I suspect that if you do and there is a general election, you will prevail. This is a plus eight red state. What can and will you do to hold the Biden administration accountable where the Democrats to this point have steadfastly refused to do anything to do so? No, no, Peter, absolutely. And that's why I'm not uh, uh, wasting my time calling for impeachment because Nancy Pelosi is never going to do that. Chuck Schumer is never going to do that. Biden's not going to resign. But what we can do is in January of 23, when I'm elected along with 33 other senators that are up for re-election, is hold hearings on this topic uh, and hold the administration officials accountable who are, were approved by the Senate. Uh, Anthony Blinken is a complete disaster. Uh, Jake Sullivan is a joke. I mean, there's a guy who writes white papers at Harvard for a living and has never even ventured outside in the real world. Wendy Sherman has a proven track record of failure. I want to remind you and your listeners, she's the Jewish American who uh, orchestrated the Iran nuclear deal. Just process that for a second. A female who's Jewish negotiated with Iranians uh, uh, who want to destroy her, her family and everybody she knows who's Jewish, wipe them off the face of the earth. That's who negotiated the deal, and she's now running policy for Biden. Uh, they need to be account- accountable and immediately removed from their positions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, personnel, as, as they say in Washington, personnel is policy. And if you look throughout this administration, we have a horror show of staffing throughout the federal government. It is a Democrat, leftist Democrat wish list. More, it, it, I, you know, I'm being, I, I think, a little bit too mild when I say leftist Democrat. It sounds like you know, father's Democratic Party. This is a socialist wish list. What is being implemented right now is Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren's vision of America because Biden never had a vision of America that exceeded his own personal profit and right now, he doesn't even know he's in America, I believe. I don't mean to be that pejorative with respect to the commander-in-chief, but in this case, he may deserve it. Bernie, in, with respect to foreign policy, um, what can we do to hold a commander-in-chief accountable, or if not accountable, rein him in? Is there anything the Senate can do to make sure that he doesn't embark on some of these foolish uh, endeavors, such as pulling out with an artificial deadline? No, absolutely. I mean, the, the purview of the Senate is foreign policy. Uh, that is what makes the Senate very different than the, than the House of Representatives. And uh, it starts with people, like we just talked about, making certain that we don't allow him to have people on his staff that are leftists, that are academics, that have no basis or grounding or track record of having done anything but fail, like the ones I just mentioned. Uh, secondly is uh, funding, right? So you have the ability to fund different organizations, and we have to start working on that uh, in terms of what are the spending priorities uh, for the 23-24 time frame to make certain that Biden's hands are tied. You know, this has this has precedent history. Remember when Bill Clinton 1.0, right, and he, he started moving the country hard left, but then new, thanks to Newt Gingrich, a Republican revolution happened, and it really brought uh, Bill uh, Clinton's leftist agenda to a halt, and as a result, we have great prosperity during the 90s. I think that same kind of model is what we have to be thinking about for 23. 
I, I think that's a good approach. I mean, you know, I, I look back to 1994. It was a, a dramatic rebuke. We took over the House for the first time in, in 40 years or, or, or almost 40 years. Uh, you know, Barack Obama had a rebuke in 2010. There was a huge tidal wave of Republicans. I suspect, despite the fact that the media has decided to draw, you know, just completely abandon all objectivity, I think Americans get it. And I think we're going to have a return to a, a tidal wave of an influx of, of Republicans, both at the Senate and House of Representatives level. Who do you think, and again, th- this is a difficult question, but it's a simple one so that our listeners can get a, a kind of a snapshot of what you would be like as a senator. If there is someone currently in public office with whom you most closely align in terms of policy or temperament, and again, I know this is a difficult one to come up with, but who might that be? Honestly, uh, nobody, uh, because most of what we see in D.C. is insiders, political insiders, people who've uh, kind of gone up the ladder of, uh, of how you're supposed to get into the Senate, uh, people who are, are, are beholden to special interests, people who took corporate PAC money, people who have family members who have interest in uh, foreign companies. Uh, so I think uh, one of the things that I'd say is I'm going to be unique. I'm going to be who I am, a person who's cared about the community, uh, espoused conservative values my whole life, somebody who's going there because I feel it's my honor and duty to do uh, and give back to a country that gave me every opportunity in the world. You know, my family came to America, not by accident, but by choice. And uh, I feel great duty to give back to that country and to really fight for the people of Ohio. You know, we have to restore our middle class. We have to bring the industrial base back to places like Ohio. And uh, we have to firmly and unequivocally push back in the strongest way possible against the socialist move. Uh, we cannot lose this country. you got to understand, if we lose America, it's not just about America. It's about the world. There is no other place on earth that stands for liberty and freedom other than America. You've seen what's gone on in Australia, a country that maybe a year ago you would have said is a reasonable democracy. And now that you can't leave the country, you can't travel within the country, you have to download an app that takes a picture of where you're located. And if you don't answer within 15 minutes, they send the police to your house. Right? This is not, that's not, I didn't just describe China described Australia. So America has to be uh, the beacon of freedom and liberty uh, on earth. Yeah. You know, lawful immigrants, first-generation immigrants are often, I say, the, the some of the strongest patriots around because they appreciate what America affords, even to the extent the Biden administration has derogated it. This is still by... <laughs> By leaps and bounds, by light years, the greatest nation on earth, we appreciate the freedoms. If you are an immigrant or first-generation immigrant, you have a stark contrast between the United States of America and even other freedom-loving nations. It's still the best in the world. What do you say to a Nancy Pelosi and a Chuck Schumer who don't even want to hold hearings related to the debacle in Afghanistan? Well, you're going to say, don't we're going to fire you. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the best thing that voters can do. This is why the Congress is up uh, uh, for election every two years. That's the genius of our founders. Uh, we replace the House with uh, Democrats, with Republicans. We have a new Speaker of the House. And then we hold people accountable. Uh, if I was the parent of one of the uh, soldiers that got killed in the last 10 days in Afghanistan, senselessly, I would want to know that the people who I'm going to send to D.C. will hold 
those accountable who are absolutely uh, responsible for the death of my child. Um, that, that's what we have to do. We have to replace Nancy Pelosi. We have to replace Chuck Schumer with true conservatives that want to actually fight for the things that they say they're going to do during the election. That's the biggest issue that we have among Republicans is we've elected too many Republicans who say they're going to do these things and never do. And we have to and will change that in this next election. We're coming close to a break. I want to ask you one question before we go to break, and we'll come back at uh, uh, the bottom of that break. But what can you tell the audience? This is an audience of conservatives who vote. These people are going to go out and vote. They're going to tell their friends to vote. They're going to be communicating with just about everybody they can. They are motivated. I talk to them all the time, both on the radio and in public speaking. How do you distinguish yourself from the other folks who are running in the Democratic primary, the J.D. Vance's, Josh Mandel's, Mike, everybody, they're, they're all great folks. How do you distinguish yourself from them? What can you tell our audience that distinguishes you from them and why they should vote for you? I'll give you one example. Um, so I'm an entrepreneur, somebody nobody has heard of, which is the point, right? Because I'm out there building my businesses. And last March, March of 2020, April, May, June, July, I spoke out adamantly and fiercely against lockdowns, school closings, and mandates. Uh, I got thrown off a community board. I was uh, A petition got started to, vote, uh, to get me off the Metro Health Board. Uh, there was people in the county executive leadership who looked at the way to get me off the board and didn't do that. And here's what I'd say to you. None of my opponents who have dramatically larger platforms than me said a word about any of this until they started running for office. To me, as a voter, that is absolutely disqualifying. Because it's the same thing we just said. It's they say one thing and do another. When it's convenient for them, they speak out. When it's at risk for them, they stay silent. To me, all of them are disqualified just for that one example. And if you, you said you voted against or you were speaking out against lockdowns, what's your position today with respect to mask mandates, mandates with respect to vaccination, um, all the things that the Biden administration and Anthony Fauci are doing with respect to COVID. Look at, look at Australia. That's what they want. Australia is their vision of what they want for America. At this point, there's an effective vaccine available. This entire conversation needs to end. Uh, respiratory viruses have been with us for all of humanity. We know how to deal with it. We take personal responsibility and accountability in America, and we value freedom and liberty. It's a hard stop. There's nothing else to talk about. All this other stuff is not about COVID. It's about control. It is about taking liberties away from people and giving them to government bureaucrats. That is absolutely unacceptable. I said it then. I'll say it again now. We're talking to Bernie Marino, candidate for the Republican nomination for Senate from Ohio. He's had some interesting things to say. We're going to be going to break. When we come back from the break, Bernie, I'm going to be asking you about, you mentioned at uh, the top of the hour that you didn't take any corporate PAC money. I want to explore that a little bit more with you. This is Pete Kersenow substituting for Bob France on the Bob France Authority. We'll be back in a minute. But not time for me to go free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. 
France Authority. Here on AM 1420, The Answer. Pete Kirsten out here substituting for the great Bob France on the Bob France Authority. We've been talking to Bernie Marino, who's a candidate for the U.S. Senate, the Republican nomination, therefore. We've had a discussion with respect to Afghanistan and COVID and all manner of things. Uh, but at the uh, bottom of the last segment, I asked Bernie, uh, he had made mention of the fact that he doesn't take corporate PAC money. From my own perspective, and many of those in the audience, you know, they're suspicious of taking money from, from PACs, undefinable groups such as that. But we all suspect that almost everybody does it. So, you know, everybody's, what's the, what's the big deal? They're all on the same playing field. What is it about corporate PACs that you find uh, to be objectionable? Or if not objectionable, that you won't take the money? Sure. What happens is, is, as you've seen, Peter, these large corporations, these very, very large companies have uh, replaced work with woke, right? So instead of doing the work that they're supposed to be doing to run their businesses, right, provide soda for uh, for people flying from Atlanta to Cleveland, right? Instead, they're weighing in on political issues to uh, appeal to this very small percentile of the hard left woke audience. And uh, I won't accept money from those corporations for that reason, because what they want, and they, they, they've struck a deal, this is how it works, is they'll go to Canada and say, listen, I don't mind that you go out and say these bad things about us, as long as we know that when push comes to shove, you won't take the votes that harm us. And for me, that uh, is the ultimate hypocrisy. It's why a lot of these places hated Donald Trump, because they knew they couldn't buy him. Uh, I won't be bought that way. It, it very much disappoints me that my republic I expect it from Democrats, but that my Republican opponents won't stand up and fight back against taking corporate PAC money, which must tell you they've cut the deal. They've cut that same deal, right? We're going to say one thing and do another. Uh, we're going to uh, say that we're going to break up big tech and big, big tech's worst nightmare, but yet take money from those companies. Uh, we have to get that kind of hypocrisy out of our system. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, I... I watch some of this and some people who portray themselves as staunch conservatives and defenders of the people when you take a closer look it appears as if they're taking money from google and facebook and amazon and all kinds of folks and they talk a good game but then when it comes down to the vote nothing ever happens and they don't promulgate any legislation to rein in these corporations that are doing profound damage to the culture and frankly it looks like they don't care too much about the economy other than as it affects themselves if you're going to make one distinction between yourself and the other candidates for the Republican nomination, what would that be? I know there are many, but what would that one thing you'd want the voters to know about you that separates you from the pack? I did the things that uh, uh, that I talk about now, not when I was for office, which has only been, by the way, less than five months. I did the things that I talk about, standing up to China, standing up to COVID lockdown investing in the community, helping others. My wife and I put over 300 kids through Tri-C, 300 kids through Tri-C. We put hundreds of kids through Cleveland State University. We mentored many, many kids uh, intrusively from sixth grade on to college, not because I was running for public office, but because it was the right thing to do because that's who I am. And what I need help from your listeners is because I'm not taking corporate PAC money, because I'm not somebody who's run you know, many times and failed, and so my name recognition is out there. I need uh, them to go on the website, BernieMarie.com, invest in my campaign, and we will finally have somebody in D.C. 
that is advocating for Ohio, that is, understands that we have to rebuild our, our middle class, understands that we can no longer build the middle class in China at our expense, and that will bring our industrial base back to Ohio. Uh, talk about real issues. Uh, that's what we really ultimately care about, and that's what makes me the different candidate from everybody else in the race. Ladies and gentlemen, Bernie Marino, candidate for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate. Bernie, can you mention the website one more time for the listeners? Yes, it's Bernie Marino, M-O-R-E-N-O dot com. Uh, go in there. You have, uh, rather than having just a couple pictures and a donation link, it has all the issues that I care about, the track record, my steering committee, my positions uh, that are in writing so you can hold me accountable. And, of course, importantly, a link to donate to the campaign. anything is very, very, very appreciated. Bernie Marino, candidate for U.S. Senate. Bernie, thanks very much. We're at the bottom of the hour when we return. It's Open Line Friday. Your calls, and we'll talk about all manner of things, especially Afghanistan. Pete Kersenow for Bob France. You deserve a fair price. Charlie Kirk gives you a lesson in economics. Again, what makes our program a little bit different is we go a level deeper. We try to explain the why, not just the what. You can get out of debt a couple different ways. You can tax your way out of it, you can cut your way out of it, or you can inflate your way out of it. You cannot print wealth. We know this. And it's something that we've been warning about for quite some time here on our program. The Charlie Kirk Show. Weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The answer. And Odyssey. social justice warriors if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended this isn't it this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer pete kersenauer here for bob france and the bob france authority that is i want to take you higher by the great sly and the family stone the refrain sounds like i want to take you higher and beat is getting stronger actually is pete is getting stronger We've had a great discussion with Bernie Marino and with many of our callers about all manner of things, principally Afghanistan and our purported commander-in-chief, a guy who goes by the name of Joe Biden. One of these days, I'll tell you about my personal interactions with Joe Biden. I've testified before his various committees on numerous occasions, and I had my own conclusions well before he had ever thought about running. Well, maybe not before he thought about running, but well before announced for running for the presidency of the United States. We are in an unusual situation. This is Open Line Friday, and we only have right now, this is your opportunity for the first time in hours and hours of hosting this program. We have essentially a uh, lines are free. We have Cece, however, from Cleveland, who would like to talk about Biden and the election. So, Cece, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. Okay. This is my theory, um, that to follow the money trail of Clyburn because it seemed like he abruptly or suddenly um, promoted Biden as the front runner for the presidential election. So my suggestion is follow the money trail because I believe 
either Soros or Zuckerberg or one of those individuals paid him off to nominate Joe Biden, which I believe he has blood on his hands as well. CCE, I don't disagree with you because I'll tell you what, it was weird when we saw that Clyburn endorsed Biden. It's universally believed to be the thing that put him over the top. Remember, for a while there, it appeared it might be Bernie Sanders who was going to get the nomination, and uh, the Democrats it didn't give them heartburn in, in terms of Bernie Sanders' policies. It gave them heartburn because they knew that Bernie Sanders could not win. So what they did instead was got this empty shell in Biden invested in him all of the attributes, policy attributes, of Bernie Sanders. We need to know who's calling the shots. There are a number of speculations that Ron Klain, chief of staff, is doing so, or maybe it's just a, it's by committee or the smarter people, which includes just about every, everybody within the Beltway uh, in terms of smarter than Biden, who are collectively giving instructions in a progressive manner. But I, you know, I think that is a plausible thing to take a look at. It used to be I would just almost automatically reject any kind of quote unquote conspiracy theory. This is not a conspiracy theory. We don't have enough information because our media assiduously avoids probing into things that are common sense. Ask the questions. Again, I, as I said at the beginning of the show, why doesn't the media ask, I think a question that we all know is, is, is in the offing and that is, Who's giving Biden instructions when he says, I've been instructed to call on so-and-so? Who is telling the commander-in-chief who to call on? That's extraordinary. It's truly an amazing thing. But the media is incurious about it. Cece, thanks so much for your call. Let's go to Navy man Norm in Strongsville. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm doing great, Norm. We're coming up on Labor Day in Cleveland. This is usually a spectacularly a spectacular weekend weather-wise, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually going to take a little bit of time off. Well, I was. I just wanted to say, my wife and I met you a few years back at one of the McFan meetings, and uh, you haven't lost your spark. You haven't lost your uh, common sense or intelligence, and well, that's what I was calling about. Who are they? Where are the Republicans? Why aren't the Republicans demanding who are they? I remember reading in Western Civilization many, many moons ago at St. Ignatius, uh, the wars between Rome and Carthage. And there was a Roman senator who every time gave a speech, and he closed it with, Carthage must be destroyed. Carthage must be destroyed. Why aren't the Republicans pounding every speech, every opportunity, and challenging the news media, who they run into the halls of Congress? Why don't you ask, who are they? It just drives me up a wall. Because if there's some cabal, and there is evidently behind him, I want to know who they are. Because I didn't elect them, you didn't elect them, the American people didn't elect them. So why is there a cabal? You're supposed to have a commander-in-chief, which we don't. And uh, uh, I, I'm urging my son, who's been in the military for 22 and a half years, he wanted to go to 25, and I told him, not with that person in the White House. I wish that you would get out because he certainly doesn't have your back. But be that as it may, where are Republicans, Pete? Right. Where are they? Right. And that's a question I pose all the time. Navy man, Norm, man after my own heart. 
the, the Republicans aren't called the stupid party for nothing. Now, that may not have been the origin of that phrase, but it applies. I am so distraught about the Republicans who are given a gift horse, or given a gift horse, or, or you know, they, they are given a gift and they refuse to run with the Democrats' manufacture gifts. They come up with things that have absolutely nothing to do with policies. They manufacture alleged crimes, impeachable offenses. They manufacture issues, and they are, they are politicians. Republicans are, seem to me, and again, I don't want to be universal about this. I'm a Republican. At least I vote for Republicans. Um, but they, they seem to be missing in action all the time. They have a responsibility, a duty to the United States of America to hold this commander-in-chief, every commander-in-chief to account, and they are being given a political gift. This is, from, from merits and from uh, substance, this is important. They must do this regardless of the politics. But if all they cared about superficially was politics alone, this is a unique opportunity. But more importantly, as Navy man Norm said, is, Every single time they address the media, every single time they stand up before Congress, they should be asking that question, that very question. What is going on here? We know the media is not going to do it because they have evolved into, ever since the Obama administration, evolved into, they've completely abandoned objectivity. They have no shame anymore. All they care about is promoting progressive interests. They don't care how they look anymore. It's the Borg again. Almost every media outlet is doing the same thing, so there's no true penalty to doing so in their minds. Although if you take a look at ratings, Fox is blowing everybody out of the water. It's, it's just extraordinary because people want to hear object, objective truth. Mate, they may not be getting that from Fox, but they're clearly not getting it from the mainstream media. Fox, at least, gives you a little bit of perspective. It's up to every single elected Republican, to, as Navy man Norm said, every time they're before a camera, before a microphone, in the well of the Senate, everywhere, asking these questions. We are in, I had an opportunity to listen to uh, uh, former Director of National Intelligence Rick Grinnell a few days back and have a short conversation with him, and he made the point that we are in an existential crisis as Americans right now, that almost every major civilization only has a lifespan of 250 years. 250 years is all. And where are we right now in terms of the American experiment? We have a duty to defend it. Let's go to Tom from Florida. Tom's been holding for a while. Tom, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Peter. Thank you. Um, I'm a, a veteran of Vietnam War. You know, people forget that that war was won, and so the protesters were protesting so much that the Vietnam, instead of surrendering, they ended up fighting to the very end and taking over the country. And they didn't realize how many people died, civilians died after that war, not only just in Vietnam and Cambodia. It's, it's the same thing that's going to happen. I'm, I'm just, I'm just frustrated. I'm just, I'm getting to the point where um, I don't know what else to say. I know everybody talks about this. But it's it's really hard on us veterans because uh, people are going to innocent people are going to die again. Yeah, for, Tom, I, I understand. His, for his mistake. You're you're exactly right. Your frustration is shared by millions upon millions of service members and their families and just other Americans. Uh, I know all the folks who have served in my family. I've just had a couple of nephews who have uh, were just completed their service in the Marines, um, and. 
everybody feels a profound sense of betrayal and just confusion as to what is going on in this country. And it doesn't help when we have people in power, both in government but at the upper echelons of academia, of the corporations, all bad-mouthing the finest nation on earth. It derogates the lives, the commitment, the service that has been given by brave Americans. All of the folks that I've just mentioned in terms of government and academia, there are a lot of great people there, but there are a lot of folks there who don't really give a rip about our military veterans. Don't care at all. They've never served, and you can tell by the way they act in a demeaning fashion toward them. The mere fact that we left behind people is extraordinary. Tom, thanks so much for your call. We've got oh, the, the lines are starting to load up again. Let's go to Barbara from Parma. Barbara, are you there? Hi, I had to get you off a of speakerphone. Good morning. Good morning, Barbara. What's on your mind? Oh, good. I have a question. I believe, well, I saw it on the Internet, as everybody says, so it has to be true. But I watched the House Caucus, House Freedom Caucus uh, two days ago, where they stood and, and they were um, all reading off their reasons and their there are letters that they're going to present to whomever, and I don't know. This is my call to you to ask, uh, how, where does that information go to? Where do they present it? Uh, being the House Freedom Caucus, do they present it to the House? If they present it to Pelosi, she's got probably stuck her fingers in her ears, and she won't even listen. Right, right. Yeah, and that's the problem here, because she will. She's not calling any hearings on Afghanistan. She is turning a blind eye to all this stuff. She'd rather be focused on the most ridiculous things that enhance Democratic power. Power Don't do anything for the American people. But what must be done is, if we have Republicans who shout at the top of their lungs every single chance they get, as Bernie Marino said, sometimes because we don't have the power, we're not going to get the legislation passed. We may be able to thwart certain legislation, but the ultimate power regardless of the configuration of the Senate and the House at any time, is the American people. The Republicans have got to give us the ammunition for standing up and saying, look, here's what we expect of our representatives. Send them out. You've heard me before on this show in other forms. Where I, I have. Say, I have. I say, exactly get, that right. index, get that index card out, which has all the lists of the elected representatives, and Pester them to death. Sometimes it's just as much, five minutes to send an email or make a phone call. Phone calls are always better. It's always better. Right. It gets their attention. Send an email. Where, send where a letter. Does, where does that? In, where does that? Uh, those letters get directed? Do they? Do they send? Uh, or do they stand? I, I don't know how that Freedom Caucus works. Do they present it in verbally in front of the Congress, or do they just made it the announcements uh, over the? The Internet, which went out to the news media, of course, they're going to sit on it. They're not going to do anything anyhow. But where, how does that proceed from the initial announcement that that's what they're saying? Well, you know, there's usually something that's in the, the uh, Federal Register, and then you can respond to that. Find the elected representative, somebody who represents you. That's the best thing. And have that person do whatever it is you need to do with respect to your announcement. But um, I see we're at the top of the hour here, again, close to the top of the hour. But, uh, Barbara, continue to send your messages to anybody within the House of Representatives or the Senate. We have to continue to pressure them as hard as we can. This is Peakhurst now for Bob France, Bob France Authority. When we come back, we're going to talk to my friend Lisa Woods. 
And um, I don't know what's on her mind, but I see that she's holding, and we still have other open lines. We'll try to get to you if we can. AM 1420. The end. It's the Bob France Authority. Here on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, everybody. This is Pete Kersenow, substituting for Bob France and the Bob France Authority. We've been talking about all manner of things. It's been Open Line Friday, with the exception of a segment with uh, senatorial candidate Bernie Marino. And we've, got, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left. And holding right now is my friend and former member of the Board of Education and director of one of my favorite groups, Medina County Friends and Neighbors, McFan, Lisa Woods. Lisa, are you there? Good morning, Pete. Yes, I am. Thank you. What's on your mind today? Oh, my gosh. Well, where do we start, right? Um, well, first I want to say, you know, we had an incredible speaker. Uh, his name was Rick Stockberger, who... Um, was a veteran that had just recently organized and is still doing this, helping Afghan interpreters and their families to get out safely. And it was a story that made you want to cry and puke, <laughs> you know. And I just want to let uh, the people that were there that heard, and we had 100-plus there, um, that he has organized a GoFundMe to help these folks. So I'm going to post it on Facebook, and I will put it on my next email. So those that know how to get a hold of, hold of me, that it'll you know be out there. Um, I'm not that hard to find, so, so um, just reach out to me. But that's, that was an incredible story, and, and it's just amazing that our government can't do this, that these are, these are uh, individuals taking their time and figuring out ways to help these people. Yeah, our government can do it. That's the shame. They're about to spend $3.5 trillion on a wish list promulgated by Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Chuck Schumer. They can do it. They should do it. They must do it. But they abdicated their responsibility in the most shameful manner possible. Couple things now that uh, Lisa is on. As I stated, Lisa is former member of the Board of Education, as you know, and Lisa's talked about on this program before. We have a crisis right now here with respect to the promulgation of critical race theory throughout Ohio. It's going on throughout the country. Uh, we've developed legislation, proposed legislation, that would thwart the teaching of this most pernicious and poisonous ideology that is harming people tremendously and I I would argue is part of the reason or the whole ideology is part of the reason why we're beginning to accept this second class status among Americans and leads to the abandonment of Americans because why not? We're not special. Americans are racists. But right now there's a bill pending. There are actually a couple, but there's a bill pending before the state house. It is imperative that it get pa- it gets passed so that critical race theory is not spread throughout our great state of Ohio. And that's uh, Lisa, do you know that it's bill number 327, correct? Oh gosh, yeah, I don't have it in front of me. Yes. Um right, with but, uh, Sarah Fowler and Diane Grendel um are are at the top of that right it's 327 and call your state representative call right now call as frequently as you can you can call the speaker robert cup his number is 614-466-9621 
614-466-9, I'm sorry, 9624-9624. Please call your elected representatives. Tell them to pass HB 327. HB 327. Lisa, um, go ahead. Pete, I just wanted to tell you that one of the most comprehensive websites on critical race theory is StopCriticalRaceTheory.com. So if everyone can write that down, StopCriticalRaceTheory.com, you will find um, these bills. You will find uh, just a ton of information that's pertinent to Ohio and also the big protest that they plan to have on September 21st at the uh, Ohio Board of Education. The information is there. You can sign up for it. There's a free box lunch. It would be, we're, we're asking people to take this seriously, take the day off work. It's on a Tuesday, the 21st of September, and, and go to Columbus. Let them know that you're serious, that, that these are things that we must not tolerate and be part of this uh, this protest. And there's a free box lunch for everybody that signs up, and there's more information about that because I know you're running out of time. But we want people to, um, you know, tell their neighbors. I, I, I don't know a parent who isn't distressed about what's going on in the schools, whether it's masking, um, the critical race theory, the comprehensive sex education. We could just go on and on. Absolutely. The- September 21. <laughs> Board of Education, yep. 25 South Front Street, be there, be square, free box lunch. My goodness, <laughs> that's worth it. Everybody who called, thanks very much. This is Pete Kersnow substituting for Bob France. Happy Labor Day, everybody, and God bless America. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.